What's up? Hey, let's see. What? Nice. Sure. Oh, my shirt. What are you doing down? It's like seven. Well, I, I gotta, just... I gotta, I gotta get ready for work. I have to do a slideshow for today. Well, just sit down. We can just play a real quick one. All right. It won't, it won't take long. here by yourself it... playing Nintendo? Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> I don't want to do this alone. All right. Okay. Do you want to be playing Mario? your lobster be... jammies, too. Do you want to be Mario or Luigi? I gotta reset. I've already died twice on one. It's super embarrassing. That's all right. Here we go. Okay. to another episode of Together for Salem. We are legit um, pretty much in our pajamas mm -hmm. um, with some fancy shirts on. And we want to welcome to our home. This is probably what church and home might look like for you if you're watching from home. Maybe you're in your jammies or coffee. Yeah. Or maybe you're having... Maybe it's evening time and you have a special drink. Yeah, that's what we do. So we watch in the evening. Yeah. But either way, this is put out by Cross Creek Community Church. It's church at home. Everything just looks a little different. This yeah. week we're in our jammies. That's right. Yeah. But in awesome shirts. Awesome shirts, which we're yeah. gonna give away. That's right. Yep. Right now. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, but not okay. these shirts. Not these shirts. You we this it's really soft and comfortable. I need to wash mine. <laughs> so <laughs> Becky P. <laughs> Becky P wins! Yeah. Becky P wins a shirt. Becky and P. your own clean shirt. Congratulations. Yeah. Or gray uh, or green. Yeah. Ladies you cut. Can. Men's That's cut. Right. But Cosway can uh is our friend who sells these yep. and it, all the proceeds benefit Mid Valley, Mid Willamette Valley, United, United Way. Way. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you can get your own shirt if you're not Becky P. Yeah. Uh, I, we encourage you to do that actually because they are super soft and comfy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Comfy. Mm -hmm. What else is going on? All right. Uh, we're going to hear um, from our friend John, yes. who's lead pastor at Cross Creek Community Church. She's going to talk about community. It's dangerous to go alone. Yeah, it is. I died like twice on level 1 1 for you. You normally just breeze right through that yeah. game. It's probably because I'm rushing. Maybe. Sometimes I rush through things. Yeah. And I haven't had my full amount of coffee. Like, That's to true. Be fair. The caffeine hasn't fully yeah. kicked in. Kicked yet. in. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, we'll hear from John and come back. Yep. We'll come back. We'll come back on the other side with another giveaway. Excellent. And a couple of announcements. Excellent. All right. To you, John. So faith is kind of a difficult thing to understand sometimes. I think often we think it's this weird, mysterious, elusive thing, kind of like the force, where we just have to feel it enough and then maybe we'll really understand it and be able to use it. But as we've been seeing in the past few episodes, that faith isn't this mysterious force. It's a choice. We can choose to have faith, because another word for faith is trust. We can choose to trust God. And there's another thing that we've been seeing, that faith is a choice, but to grow our faith is also a choice. We can choose to do things that help our faith grow, that help our faith stay healthy, that help our faith stay strong. And so in this series that we're doing, Let's Be Real, we're asking, what if we chose to do those things that allowed God to grow our faith? What if we worked with God in growing our faith, especially in this crazy, difficult time that we're in. Now, if you think about it, one of the hardest things about this time that we're in 
is all the division. It's, it's crazy. There's so many things to be divided about right now. There's the racial cultural friction that's going on. There's the different views on COVID and masks and all these fun things. And let's not even talk about politics. I think I'm still recovering from that debate. And almost all this division almost makes you miss that the, when the biggest debate in our country was, is this dress blue or is this dress gold? Remember those good times? And in fact, one of the worst results of this division, and I think it's something we've all experienced in one way or another, is isolation. Because division creates isolation. If you think about it, division actually creates isolation. Some of you, maybe many of you, have lost friends, have felt distant from family members because of the division that's been thrown at us. We, we almost don't know who we can trust with our, with our thoughts, with our opinions right now because we're so afraid we might offend somebody. We're so afraid that one comment might start an argument. I mean, what if, what if I say the wrong thing to the wrong person and then it just goes downhill from there and we lose this friendship, we lose our relationship? It really makes it feel like it's not safe to be who we really are. We have to hide parts of ourselves, hide our, our true nature. Almost like nobody really knows you, knows how you're feeling. And it leads to isolation. It leads to feeling lonely. Because as, as we all know, loneliness isn't about being alone. It's about not being known. You can be in a room of a thousand people and still be lonely. Because loneliness isn't about being alone. It's about not being known. And right now it's hard to feel free to let people know you. And when you feel this isolation, when you're lonely long enough, it starts affecting the quality of our lives. We start feeling this, this anxiety or this fear or, or anger about everything that's going on, and it dramatically can chip away at our faith. Because faith withers in isolation. Faith withers in isolation. We start asking, is, is this thing I'm trusting, is this God I'm trusting in, is it actually real? How do I know? Is it just something I kind of made up, something I, I was taught when I was younger and I just haven't really grown up yet? I mean, how do I know this is true? How do I know things are going to work out? What if God doesn't come through for me? But what if we had someone or someones that, who said during this time and in later life, you know, we might not 100% agree on everything, but I am 100% for you. In the hard times, if we had someone who could say, you know what, I've been there. I've gone through it. This is how things worked out for me. This is how I saw God come through for me. These are the things he showed me through that. Wouldn't that help? Or they said, how can I help? You're not alone in this. The people that I've seen grow their faith, the people that I've seen around the country who have grown their faith during this really hard time have taken the this, this steps to grow their faith with others. And what they've discovered is that faith is not meant to be lived out alone. Faith is not meant to be lived out alone. And so in this series that we've been in, we're on part four right now, the first three Things that we can do to help God, to work with God in growing our faith are things that we choose to do. 
It's simple. Either you choose to do it or you don't. You can even measure it. The next two we're going to talk about, one in this episode and one in the next and last episode, we don't necessarily have control over. We can't just choose to do it, choose for it to happen to us, but we can put ourselves in the right places. We can put ourselves in the right mindset for God to make these things happen. And so what we're going to see in this episode is that faith grows in community. Faith withers in isolation, but it grows in community. And we're going to look at a biblical passage that I've actually seen a lot being used and posted and and gifed all over social media lately. And it's a great passage, but unfortunately, often it's misunderstood. Sometimes it's misused, and other times it's even been abused and used to abuse. But if we look at what the writer is actually saying in this passage, it actually gives an insight into faith about how faith grows that we often overlook. And so this passage is in what we call the book of Hebrews. It's an ancient letter written to ancient Jesus followers that we call the book of Hebrews. And here's what this passage, how this passage starts out. The writer says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope or faith we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us hold tightly to this faith, this hope that we affirm. This hope, this faith that we're talking about, that we've been talking about in this whole series, is this. Faith is choosing to trust who Jesus says he is. That he's the Son of God, that he's the Savior of the world, that he is God in a body. Faith is choosing to trust that Jesus is who he says he is, and that he will do what he says he will do. That he will take away our sin if we trust him. That he will make us perfectly right with God. Give us a perfect relationship with God that starts now and lasts forever. That he will never leave us. That he will give us new life and eternal life. So faith is choosing to trust that Jesus is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. And so the writer says, hey, that kind of faith, hold tightly to it. And you're like, okay, yeah, faith has been a little hard to to choose lately. We don't really know what's going to happen in the future. Things seem to be crazy all around us. So we'll just hold tightly. Thanks. You know, that's that's really helpful. We'll just try harder. You know, kind of like that don't stop believing type of idea. It doesn't seem very helpful, does it? Just, you know, just try harder. That's what we think we have to do, right? Just, just try to believe harder. Try to feel the force more. We all want strong faith. And if you're a Jesus follower, we know, we know we can trust God, but it's not always easy to, to feel that or even experience that in the middle of chaos, especially when it seems like we are completely on our own. It's not even safe to be known by the people around us. And no matter how hard we try to hang on to our faith, it just seems to weaken and crack. We think we have to try harder and just we read that passage like, okay, just hold tightly. But that's not what the writer is saying. We need to let the writer finish the thought here. How do we hold on tightly to this hope? How do we hold on tightly to this faith? And the next part of this passage is really the part that's been misunderstood, like I said, misused, even abused in some cases, especially if you grew up in certain churches. So here's the next part. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. 
So when I talk about this has been misused or misunderstood, here's how it's often been used. Hey, you want true faith? You want to really make God happy with you? Well, then you have to go to church. You have to go to a church service every week and sometimes, you know, more than once a week because that's, you know, that's kind of the bare minimum. But if you really want to want Jesus to be happy with you, you need to go at least two, maybe three times a week. It's been used by people who say, you know, those people who say they're Christians, but they don't go to church regularly. They're just fooling themselves. Or people that accept work that's on a Sunday or go do sports on Sunday. You know, they're really just, you know, they're probably just sinners because they don't think church is that important. They neglect meeting with each other. Now, that wasn't always put on me and my family that I grew up in. I did grow up in the church. And so I had this idea that, you know, we went to church regularly. My, it was my dad's job. He was a pastor. But when we would miss church on those rare days, I almost felt guilty. And I also felt guilty because I kind of liked it because there are these cartoons on Sunday morning that I didn't know existed. It was like this whole new world. It was amazing. But I felt guilty for missing one church service out of 50, 52 and so let's take this thinking a little bit further of let us not neglect meeting to, with each other and thinking that's talking about a Sunday service. That's that idea that right now when the government says churches need to be closed for now, that means the government is asking us to disobey God's direct orders. We are disobeying God by not meeting in person for a Sunday service. Or I've seen this, I've heard this, I've been told this, that any church that closes right now or is closed right now, which, by the way, you can't close the church. The church is the group of people. You can't close a person. But anyway, any church that closes right now or stays closed is not holding tightly, not holding firmly to their hope, not holding firmly to their faith. They've given in to fear. Now, is that really what the writer is saying here? Not really. See, here's the thing. God doesn't want us to be committed simply to going to a religious service. He wants us to be committed to each other. That is the heart of this passage. It's not about being committed to a religious service. It's about being committed to each other, committed to a community. See, the idea of church as we have it, the church service as we have it of, um, you know, I mean, Cross Creek's method is a pretty popular method of three songs, a guy in front, teaching while everyone else sits quietly in rows. And then the guy finishes talking and there's one more song to kind of get us going. And then you have snacks at the end. That didn't exist when the letter of Hebrews was written. Does that mean what we do right now, those, that style is bad? No, not at all. Just because that's not how the original Jesus followers did it doesn't mean it's wrong. See, our message that Jesus is the savior of the world that never changes. That hasn't changed for 2,000 years. But our methods, the way we do that type of, um, of the way we, we uh, speak that message, the way we share that message, the way we live that message out with each other, that actually needs to change depending on our culture and our time. And we can talk about, uh, talk about that another time. But let's look again at this passage. Look again at what it isn't saying. See, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. It's not saying, let us think of ways John can motivate us. Let us think of ways the pastor can motivate us to love and good works. See, this part of the church, being the church, is actually is a, the teaching is a really important aspect of being 
the church. The first Jesus followers, it says in Acts, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. That's what this is. This is a devoting ourselves to the apostles' teachings. The New Testament writings are the apostles' teachings. So as a teacher like myself explains those, that's what we're doing. We're saying, hey, here's what the apostles wrote. Here's what it meant for them. Here's what it means for our lives now and how we can apply it. That's my role. But what's our role as individual Jesus followers? Like we talked about in past episodes, to do the stuff, right? To pray for each other, to pray for ourselves, to read the scriptures, to apply the scriptures, to give to the work of God by loving God and by loving each other. We hold tightly to our faith by motivating each other, by meeting together with the purpose of encouraging each other. See, the idea is this. Uh, when, you have, when you're going through something and somebody says, I've been there. One great example is uh, if you're a young parent, maybe you've been there before, where you, you feel like, am I doing it right? Am I going to scar these kids? Am I, are my kids just so much worse than every other kid? And you have somebody come along with you and says, no, my kids were like that too. You're actually doing better than you think. And in fact, here's... Here's, or you're going through something else and they say, hey, here's what God says about that. Here's, here's what the biblical writers say about that. And by the way, remember, God is for you, not against you. That's what it means to encourage each other. The best place to do that, the best place to follow this idea of meeting together regularly to encourage each other is in a small group of people committed in love to each other's encouragement and good. Because in a smaller group, you're able to know each other. You're able to listen to each other. You're able to have different views around you, different experiences, different gifts, different strengths. You're able to, to model life together. You actually have teamwork to actually go and do good to the community. You are actually creating community in your group. Because Remember, faith is grown in community. And when we say community, this is what we mean. We don't just mean, you know, neighbors that kind of know each other and see each other once a week, maybe if you can get to your, from your car to your house without seeing people. This is what community is. Purposely being with people for the purpose of loving and encouraging each other. Community is purposely being with people for the purpose of loving and encouraging each other. One of the best examples I could think of was this. You know in the movies or the cartoons when somebody has to go over this, this rickety rope bridge? And they, they usually start out okay. I mean, they start slowly, but they're brave enough. They take that first step. And they start going, and then what happens? They look down, and they freeze with fear. And they, they, they can't get across, and they're just so scared. What usually happens? How do they finally get across? there's someone else there with them, right? Maybe somebody who's already gone across the bridge and says, they say, you know what they say, don't look down. You can do it. Just put your foot, one foot in front of the other. Put one foot, then one foot. You can do this. Just don't look down. And that's how life is. If you really think about it, when things get difficult, when we can only focus on how rickety the bridge is or how how um, high up the bridge is and how long that drop is going to be, we need others 
to motivate us, to encourage us. When it says, let's look how we can motivate each other, the word could be translated as spur each other on to good works. I mean, like how you spur a horse to get moving. That's what that's talking about, how we encourage each other to take our next steps of faith, encourage each other to put it into practice. We share how God came through for us in situations. Sometimes we're on the bridge and we need somebody to encourage us. And sometimes we are the people on the other side of the bridge who need to encourage others. And when we see how God came through in someone else's experience, it's a lot easier to trust him with our own experience. If you think about it, this type of community, this type of place where you can create relationships that grow our faith, is actually very difficult to do at a Sunday service. Deep, devoted, loving, purposeful relationships don't usually form by sitting in rows, looking at the backs of people's heads, saying a, a quick but distracted hi while you're trying to wrangle the kids and eat a cookie after service. You just don't get that depth of relationship where you can encourage each other and share what's going on in your lives. Yes, some of you are amazing and God has gifted you with being an extrovert and you can connect in that way. But for that extrovert, still have to make that first step of introducing yourself to this stranger or you know, kind of getting to know them. And then to really dig deep into that relationship, what do you do? You make plans to hang out later, maybe in a smaller group to really get to know each other, go do an activity together. So what can we do? Extroverts, introverts, what can we do? Well, what if we didn't leave this connecting, this community, this chance to have these deep relationships? What if we didn't leave that up to chance or extroverted courage? See, we can't force these types of connections to happen. Like I said, these aren't things that we just choose, I'm going to have this deep relationship and it just happens. But we can put ourselves in the right situation for it to happen. So what if instead of just staying home and isolated and angry or fearful and wishing for meaningful, encouraging community, what if we did something to make those relationships more likely to happen? What if we put ourselves in the place for God to make that happen, for God to bring the right people in our lives to encourage us? Because remember, faith is not meant to be done alone. So what I want to encourage all of us to do is find a group of people with whom to create community, to create a community. A, a group of people committed to purposely loving, serving, forgiving, and supporting each other. See, a lot of us have experienced Bible studies, which are great. It is great to study what the scriptures say and, and what that means for our lives. Those are good. Bible studies are good. But what's the purpose, the primary purpose of a Bible study? It's the name, right? To study the Bible, to increase our knowledge. Not a bad thing, but if that's all we do. We're not applying it to our lives. We're not encouraging each other. We're not growing our faith. We're just growing our knowledge. Bible studies are good, but they just grow knowledge. Social clubs are good. Getting to know each other, doing fun things together, that type of stuff, great. But in a social group like that, a hiking group or or a, a fishing group, or a knitting group, whatever you're into, a gaming group. Those are good, but depth of relationship is very rare in those. Usually what you end up doing in those is talking about your hobby, or talking about politics, or even a place, a place to gossip for with, or have light conversation, or even a place where you can complain about things you, 
all of you dislike. But social clubs can be good. But if you really want to grow in your faith, what we need to do is to find community designed to encourage growth in real faith. A real faith that's put into action, that encourages us to put our faith into action. Do we study the biblical writings while doing that? Absolutely. Here's what God says about that, how you can apply it to your life. Here's what God says about you and how he feels about you and why we know things are going to be okay for us because of how much God loves us and won't leave us. So yes, there's an aspect of studying the Bible in that type of community, but we need to apply it. So that's why Cross Creek, if you've been around Cross Creek for a while, that's why we created connect groups. That's why we encouraged, while things were completely shut down at the beginning, when the roads were empty, you remember that? When the roads were empty during the first parts of quarantine, we encouraged people, yes, we cannot meet in person for right now. We don't know exactly what's going on, but meet online. Stay connected with each other. Create community online where you can get in with each other's lives. And why? that's why we opened up our connect groups as soon as it was legal and prudent because we wanted to keep these relationships being formed. See, this type of community designed to encourage each other, designed to help us exercise and grow our faith are so important. And that's why we, we called them connect groups. We didn't call these groups Bible studies, though there is a study aspect to them. We didn't call them some type of like social club, whatever you would call it, or hiking group or whatever that type of thing is, though they are very social. We're sharing our lives with each other. The point is to grow our faith, to encourage each other to grow our faith. And I know this type of community can be very difficult, can feel scary. It can even feel dangerous, especially if you've been hurt before, because it means we have to be vulnerable. If you want to go deep, you have to be real. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to say, this is who I am. It's not always pretty. Are you still going to be here after I share that with you? But this idea is really true that you get out of relationships what you put into them. You get out of relationships what you put into them. Think about when, if you're ever dating somebody, whether it's a, a spouse or somebody that might be a spouse someday, there's a difference between going on a date to watch a movie, when we did that, sitting in a dark room just staring at a screen, or saying, hey, let's go on a hike today, let's have a picnic, let's go on an adventure together, let's have some life together. See, you get out of relationships what you put into them. If you put in the work, you're going to have a more you're going to have more depth of knowing each other. The more you share, the more you encourage, the more you feel the freedom to be you and be known. The more you share with somebody and you realize they're not going anywhere. They accept you for who you are. The more you are free to be known. The more you pray for each other, the more you support one another. And here's an idea that I think is often missed when we talk about these types of community groups. They're not just for you. Often we think, especially if you've been in the church for a while, you know, I've got connections, I've got social connections. If I have a problem, I'll go to these friends that I have and, and I'll be good, I'll be supported. But you know what? These groups aren't always just about what you can get out of them. Kind of like John F. Kennedy. Don't ask what your connect or your small group or your community group can do for you. What, ask what you can do for your community group. See, sometimes we grow our faith, as we talked about in the last episode, by allowing God to love us through others. That's the idea of these groups. We are loved on, which I, I hate that phrase, but we are loved by God through others, and we love others 
God loves others through us in these types of communities. And this type of acceptance, this type of community based on with the purpose of encouraging each other, not only fights off that isolation that withers faith, but it also reverses the division that we are seeing right now. And it grows us all together in unity. Just one example. It's hard to be against somebody and think that they are just so evil and awful and want them to fail when you're actually praying for them. It's hard to be against somebody when you're praying for them. Being in this type of community, purposely having this type of community, knits our hearts together, knits our lives together. In fact, some of my best friendships have come out of these types of small groups. That's how I met Aaron and Monica. That's how we really got to know each other because we were in a small group together and we shared our lives together. Just this last week, our small group, our connect group, one of our members had to be rushed to the emergency room and have a, a quick surgery. And you know what was awesome? That whole time we were getting text after text after text of, hey, here's what's happening. Great. How can we pray for you? Or we're praying for you. What can we do to help? What can we do to help? What can we do to help? All these different things because we are knit together. We have encouraged each other to be for each other. So what do we do? How do we make this happen? How do we put ourselves in the situation to find these relationships? Well, first of all, I'm going to invite you to join a community. Take the first steps to join a community. Maybe one of your own that you, you have friends around you and you say, hey, would you want to just get together maybe once a week or once every other week and just get to know each other better? Not just to go do things, but to talk and maybe talk about a scripture and how that applies to our lives and, and pray for each other. When you create yourself or one that's been created for you. We have connect groups that are open and ready to accept people so that we can grow in faith together. So join a community, whether it's one of your own or one of, it's a Cross Creek Connect group. And then once you're in one, or if you are already in one, maybe you're watching this together, I want you to do this. Commit. Don't just talk about it, but commit to purposely focusing on growing faith by encouraging and loving each other. Recommit to the purpose of the group, of the community, of creating community, of purposely focusing on growing by encouraging and loving one another. See, check out what the writer of this passage, how, he, how they finish this idea. They say, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his, Jesus's return is drawing near. Meaning our time is limited. Whether Jesus comes back or we, our lives end, time is limited. The writer's saying, don't waste the time we have by being isolated. Don't waste it by being scared to be vulnerable. Don't let this time slip by by merely focusing on knowledge or just worrying about socializing, never creating deep relationships. Because the truth is, things will probably get better, will get worse. Things will probably get worse before all this gets better. And so we need others who will support us who will spur us on, who will encourage us. And we need to do the same for other people. It's a dangerous world and it's dangerous to go alone. So facing the real world requires real faith. And real faith requires real community in order to really grow. Here's what an, an ancient, very wise person once wrote. 
two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We can assist each other, we can help each other. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? We can accept each other, we can, we can provide comfort and support with each other. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. We can protect each other. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. There is strength when we are in community together. So let's find somewhere where we can be known. People with whom we can grow a real faith for the real world. Let's create a community together. Thanks, John. Uh, join a community. Yep. If you don't have one already, it doesn't even have to be Cross Creek, but we have room for you. We do. And um, commit to that community. Commit to loving and encouraging each other. Mm -hmm. um, maybe make some recommitments if you need to. But yeah, some um, of us do. Yeah, yeah. I. I mean, we could in our group. We host a group in our backyard. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to move to the garage soon because the weather's turning. We're gonna, we got to clean out our garage. Only yeah, this weekend. Yeah. We'll do that. Uh, but anyway, thank you for those words on community and being together and united, even if you don't agree on everything. Mm -hmm. It's pretty awesome stuff. So and this you, week... Yeah, oh. you can actually... Sorry. Go. Excuse me. <laughs> to you, sir. <laughs> excuse me. Pardon me. I'll just drink my coffee. I want to drink mine too, but... Uh, you can actually still join a connect group at Cross Creek, because we have room in our groups right now. That's right. Yeah. That's super fun. Do it. Yep. Try it. D-O space I-T. <laughs> exclamation point. Or, if you have a question... You oh, that's true. If you that. also, you're like, how do they work? Or, mm -hmm. yeah, because we have groups meeting in person. Some people meet virtually. Yeah. yeah. So we have options. Mm -hmm. Also on our website is um, a couple things. The welcome form. If you're new and you have a question, mm -hmm. that's a great place to submit a question. Like you want to know more about Cross Creek, what we believe, or how groups work, or yeah. about Jesus, or God, or the Bible, or life, whatever, on that website. Um, if also, if you want a Bible, we'll send you a free Bible. Also on that same URL mm -hmm. um, and a free e-gift card just for saying hello. So check out the welcome form if you haven't yet. Mm -hmm. And if you've got kids, we also want to um, help them discover God's love for them and what friendship with Jesus looks like. Mm -hmm. So um, check that out on our website uh, slash kids. Uh, there's new content every week. We're just providing resources for your parents. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. What is our, what are we doing this week for a giveaway? Oh, Speaking this, of giving things yeah, away. Yeah, let's give away something else again on social media this week. Let's do it. Uh, we like to be for Salem. We, God loves to give gifts, so we're giving gifts. Um, God loves Salem. He loves you. Mm -hmm. And this is just a fun way for our church to um, be doing something fun. Yep. So, we're giving away a gift certificate to mm. Wild Pear. Mm. If y'all don't know about Wild Pear, it's downtown Salem. They are a wonderful, wonderful um, restaurant downtown. They do catering too. Yeah. But, um, great Salem family. We want to honor the Ritters with this. And so uh, check that out. Mm. Check out Wild Pear and then enter the giveaway yeah. on social media. You should do both. Go there and get food. Yeah. And enter the giveaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They would appreciate that, I think. Mm. Their soups. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, just, yeah, the, the catering, like the little anyway. tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tasty treats. That's it. We hit it all. You want to donate? Oh, to, if you want to donate to Cross Creek, you can do oh, that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Website. Check out yeah. the website. Follow us on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Thank you, podcast listeners. Subscribe, rate, review. Yep. All the things that they tell you to do on those Everything. things. 
All of the things. We appreciate you. We're going to play maybe one more level and yeah. then get another cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. I actually do have to make my slideshow for it today. Oh. So I'm, I'm going to also gonna, do you're that. You're going to get to work? Yeah, oh. I, I have to actually teach in a couple or an hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> so I'm going to go get ready for that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sounds we good. We can play one more level first. You want to? Good time. I mean, we'll die quickly. It's a super Mario World. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna select two players this time because oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, you should play first. I I'll forget how this one. Yeah, I'll, uh, Luigi, because I don't, I don't remember how uh, these, the, how this level goes. I'm a, I remember more about. Um, well, if you see a box with a question on it, you want to hit that because yeah. it could be some coin. You can ask a question mark. You can ask a question. Yeah, it's not. Ask a question. Ask. You better ask somebody.